Good morning, everyone. You can tell my voice is not 100%. Uh, that's because I had a bad and nasty flu just over the last two days, and I'm still recovering. Very good now. <laughs> okay, good morning to those back in the church as well. Uh, okay, so, yeah, so please pardon me and my apologies to those in the house. They say if I do not shake your hand again, if I have the rest of the pastors here, they can extend their greetings to you. Uh, before I bring you to this sermon, I'd like to uh, express my appreciation and thanks to all of you here. You are my church family. I want to thank you for supporting me in my application to deaconship. By God's grace, I cleared all the interviews. And this time around, I must also thank Pastor Lia. I thank him in the morning and thank him here now also. Because he uh, is the only one that loves me really, really deep. <laughs> During the uh, special session itself, ministerial session, he's the one that asked me question, and only one question. Yeah. Of course, my appreciation goes to the rest of the pastors as well, uh, to also the church staff, to all the uh, leaders for your love and support and all of us here. For the past two years, you have given to my family and myself. So from the bottom of my heart, I really thank all of you. Okay, uh, This is only halfway through. I have two more years to go in MOT to uh, eldership. So I do continue to solicit all your prayers as I serve and Lord willing um, to serve you as long as I can. Anyway, this is not a farewell speech, so uh, back to the sermon for today. Uh, is my slides up, actually, for AGT? Okay, I'm continuing the sermon series on Ephesians 4 that I've done, uh, that have been started up on ways to love God. And we focus on our church team for this year, which is which is love God, okay, love God, not monkey, love God. So as Christians, we must know uh, God's word, grow in Christian character, as well as show good works in society through social justice and holiness. So Ephesians 4.17, uh, I've been singing, praising, uh, sorry, I've been preaching, about this for the past couple of weeks. Our vocation, our job as Christians is to really put on a new conduct that's different from the world. So there are four particular areas in Ephesians 4 that I'll be touching on uh, where Christians struggle the most in showing righteousness and holiness in society. I've spoken about um, falsehood. Today I'm going to talk about anger, but if you want to know uh, what was covered last, last, uh, last sermon and if you uh, did not get it, go to our website. All the sermons are online now and brought to you in both Android and iOS. You can download it wherever you go. So today I'll talk about anger. Now anger is a very big topic to cover in a very short sermon. So as we hear God's word, may the Lord be with you. Let me read scripture for all of us here today. And these are the two verses that we will cover. Ephesians 4, 26, 27, and it says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. These are the words of God. 
Will you join me in prayer? Father, teach us to know your ways and to obey your call as we study your holy word. Humble your servant today as I speak. And may the words of my mouth be clear and the meditations of all our hearts may be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One day, a lady in a brand new Beamer had been driving around. Beamer is BMW. Has been driving around in a crowded car park. Round and round, finally found a spot where she was about to back in. When a young P-plate driver in an orange cherry QQ whizzed into the spot before her. As the QQ driver comes out of his car and was walking away, the Beamer lady called out, Oi, I found a spot first. What gives you the right to push in and take it? The young man laughed. <laughs> because I'm young and quick. And kept on walking. Then all of a sudden, he heard this hideous sound of a car being heartily smashed. And then he turned around to see the lady in the beamer repeatedly ramming her car into his. And she caught his eye and said, Hey, old and rich. Are you surprised by this story? I found this story off the internet as a sermon illustration. <laughs> of course, it's probably not true. But I'm not surprised if it's true. Because, uh, maybe not just in Singapore, because cars are expensive here. Uh, but when it comes to stories of anger and rage, you don't need to go very far to find true stories. I came across this article on the internet, this time a real one, about this person in a hawker center. They kept throwing chakwitels on the floor uh, at the store owner, you know, because the store owner had entertained someone who jumped queue ahead of him. And then he went there, he said, I want one. Then he paid for it. Then when he got given one, he threw it on the floor. I want again. Then he threw it on the floor. I want again. He was so angry that he did this. And of course, um, local media, you know that our media would often be impartial and it jumps at Christian role models who are bad public witnesses. The thought of society being so open to blame and shame is really scary. I can't imagine if any one of us here, if I know you or you know me, we get caught, okay, and it goes up. Nowadays, we stomp one another. It's so scary. And as Christians, we are called in Ephesians 4.24 to put on that new self that is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then verse 26, which is for today, what we're going to study, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Now we've read about this so what is scripture saying here? What is anger? Is it wrong to be angry? Is there such thing as good anger, 
righteous anger, you know, anger that is okay. What is Scripture saying here? Now, there are a few parts in these two verses that we've read, and I'll briefly cover um, each aspect so that you know, we can all learn about what Scripture says of anger. Now, let's start off with the first question, the first two questions here. What's anger, and is it wrong to be angry? Now, let's take a look back at the verse. Verse 26 says this, In your anger, do not sin. Now, uh, if you have another version of the Bible, if you read it, it might sound, it might, it might say, be angry, but do not sin. So let me ask you, based on what you've read over there, is it wrong or bad to be angry? Yes or no? No. Can Christians be angry? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Of course it's a yes. In fact, anger is found all over the Bible. It doesn't just apply to Christians, you know. Scripture even tells us that God is angry all the time. Do you know that? God is angry all the time. Psalm 7:11 says this. Now, God is a righteous judge. A judge who displays his wrath every day. Every day. So even something God does every day can't be sin. So let me assure you, it is not a sin to be angry. It is not a sin to be angry. But some of you might say, I don't get it. How can a God, being a God of love, grace and mercy, be angry in wrath all the time? Well, the thing is that we often associate anger with human responses. We don't realize that God's anger is very different from our human anger. Here's what Scripture says. God is righteous. He is not capable of sin. James 1.13 says this. God cannot be tempted by evil. 1 John 1.5 God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. So you see, God is righteous, just, and holy, and perfect. So how can a just, holy, and righteous God be angry? Well, here's the answer, and with it I'll give you a proper definition of anger. When there is violation, when there's a violation of God's character, his righteousness, perfection, his justice and holiness, he gets angry. That is what righteous anger is. Whenever his character, his righteousness is violated, he gets angry. Let me give you two examples to show you how God has become angry from Scripture. Just two quick ones. The first one, First Kings 11, and this is about Solomon. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Now, although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So, Solomon, so the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude, 
and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I have commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. So that's one example. Second example, Jesus himself. In John 2, some of you might have heard about this story. Jesus storming into the temple, into uh, temple, and he overturned tables and driving, uh, driving money changers out of it. As he said, stop, get out of here, stop turning my father's house into a market. You can read it in John chapter 2. Now, so you can see, anger is something that even God displays when there is a violation of godly righteousness, justice, holiness. Being angry is not sin. So let me point out the first point here, just to summarize. Righteous anger is anger displayed when there's a violation of godly righteousness, justice, or holiness. In fact, it is something that Christians, all of us, we are called to respond in. We are created in the image of God. So when we see any violation of righteousness, when evil prevails over justice, when holiness gives way to perversion, if we don't become angry, something is wrong. Do you know that? We must get angry at wrongdoing or anything that goes against godly righteousness and justice. Mindless killing, bombings, innocent lives are lost. We've got to get angry. So for the first point, let me say again, righteous anger is anger displayed when there is a violation of godly righteousness, justice or holiness. So scripture allows us to be angry. It's okay to be angry. Now some of you might think now, okay, Great, I got the license to be angry. Fortunately, scripture doesn't stop there. It says this, In your anger, do not sin. Oh dear. What is angry yet not sinning? Is this even possible? What is angry and not sinning? We can be angry, but we are not allowed to sin. Is there such thing as a sinful anger? Can anger be sinful? Well, in order to answer this question, let me ask it in a different way. How does sin look like when we are angry? Maybe when we know how sin looks like when we are angry, then we know how not to be sinful when we are angry. Now, fortunately, Scripture is not silent on this. And let me show you quickly examples of sinful anger. And I hope, I hope that all of us here can be aware of this. It is found in the same chapter, just a few verses down. And we move down to Ephesians 4.31. Immediately, Paul lists a few examples of what sinful anger. And let's read this together. Okay, let's read this together. Ephesians 4.31 and it says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, which is evil speaking, along with every other form of 
malice. That's what scripture says right there in the next few verses. So we will take a briefly look at each one of this. First one, sinful anger one. What is it? It is bitterness or resentment. Something that is internal. You see, anger that results in bitterness and resentment is sinful. You may have the right to be angry. You may even start off as righteous. But if the anger settles into bitterness or resentment against someone, you end up in hatred. Now, hatred for someone goes opposite of God's character and nature. Hebrews chapter 15 says this, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So sinful anger one, bitterness, resentment. Sinful anger two, rage. Anger that results in rage. You see, anger that results rage is actually intense desire to hurt, you know, to cause pain, to hurt. It is considered sinful. This type of anger is not righteous at all. It is a fury that has an intense desire to inflict pain. Now, it doesn't really matter if the pain is inflicted on someone or something or even yourself. Self-inflicted pain. This kind of rage is sinful because it seeks to destroy whatever it is seeking. Sinful anger too. Rage. Sinful anger three. We read it, brawling and slander. Brawling. These two often need to be seen together. Brawling and slander. Brawling, loud shouts, threats. In Singapore, brawling is defined differently. Uh. It includes fist fight and, you know, climbing on one another and hammering. But brawling, shouts of threats. Uh, threats, uh. slander, accusations, thrown at each other. It is sin because, Why? Often the target is the person, and it seeks to speak destruction to the person. Slander can be gossip, can be false words and lies of accusation. They are lies and deceit. It is not a characteristic of God. Instead, it is associated with who? The evil one. Slander is used by Satan. False accusation and lies and deceit are used by Satan to destroy. Now we look into this in a later sermon. But as you can see, while it is not sin to be angry, there are very clear illustrations on what sinful anger is. Scripture has this scary thing to tell all who practice all who slip and allow themselves to go into bitterness, who stay in a place of resentment against somebody, or have rage or brawling and slander, you have allowed all this to control you. You know, Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia that suffers from internal brawling and uh, argument 
that is exhibited by Christians in both church, in, inside and outside church, by Christians. And Paul lists this and says that these are the acts of the flesh. He says this in Galatians 5.20. Let me read this for us here. That anyone who participate in hatred, discord, jealousy, in fits of anger, rage, selfish ambition, dissensions which are divisive intent, factions, you know, that cause factions of through false teaching, lies, heresy. Those who practice such things, what happens? They will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is a very harsh truth. Paul knows that sinful anger is not part of God's nature. This is why. The former self, those who don't have Jesus in them, they are associated with the old life. Those who are redeemed by God have a very different life to live. They are called by God in Ephesians 4.30, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, for with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You see, for Christians, those who believe in Christ, you have one last day to look forward to. And on that last day, Scripture also affirms us. In Romans 12.19, it says, Do not take revenge. My, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, or vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. God's wrath will be just and righteous compared to ours. We can trust our God to be our God of justice. So let me summarize this point again. What is righteous anger? Righteous anger is anger displayed when there is a violation of godly righteousness, justice, or holiness. Sinful anger is displayed when God is displaced from being number one, being first in our lives, and when our own self-agenda, selfish agenda takes over, and we forget who we are. And you say, God, I know better. You step aside. I'll deal with this my own way. Sinful anger always come out in bitterness, resentment, sometimes in rage, but it is always there in brawling and slander. It is possible to start off with righteous anger, but it is extremely easy to slip into sinful anger if you're not careful. You see, those in the world, those who are, uh, they don't know Jesus, they do it all the time. They can't tell the difference. But for those who are redeemed, for those who know Jesus, we now learn there is a difference. For one who is redeemed, you cannot, cannot practice sinful anger. Sobering, isn't it, when Scripture reveals our human condition and our sinful nature. Is it possible to be angry yet not sinning? There is good news. 
Scripture doesn't leave us condemned, but Scripture encourages us. What does it say? In your anger, do not sin. And it goes there, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold. Is it possible to sin, sorry, is it possible to be angry, yet not sin? Of course. But before I tell you how, let me uh, finish explaining what Paul was actually writing here. He says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath while you are still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. He's actually saying this. What does it mean? He's actually saying this. Don't let your anger brew. Now, you know, we, we... we often hear this phrase. How many of you here uh, hear this phrase before or understand this? Like, you know, this phrase called time heals or time will always heal. Have you heard this before? We've heard this before, right? And uh, many of us practice it, time heals, particularly when there's a personal conflict between two persons or with somebody uh, that you have a conflict with. It's a time heals, so I just let it go. But in my experience in pastoral ministry, Just giving time alone, do you know that it doesn't work? Often, it only serves to numb the pain, but it seldom heals. For some, it never does. In fact, Apostle Paul advised us here in Scripture, the very opposite. Don't let it brew into something worse than the trigger itself. You see, when you start off with anger, It is often due to an act. Somebody has done something wrong against you or has spoken something against you or it might be even an incident of misunderstanding. You may feel hurt or upset at that moment. Maybe it's not even your fault or really it's not your fault at all. Now you see, between righteous anger and sinful anger, between these two is where the devil works. You know? If you give it enough time, here's what the devil will do. The evil one will come along and convince you, hey, trust yourself, you know, you know better, don't be bullied. You, your pride, your dignity, they are more important than anything else. God doesn't seem to listen. And if he's God, he won't allow you to go through this. Don't be bullied. And then in that moment, you are tempted. You forgot who, you forget who you are. And you just slip. Dethrone God and put yourself first. That's really the slippery slope into bitterness, resentment, rage, or even war. Most wars have started that way. Slender and brawling. You see, Apostle Paul understood this. He said that time, he knew that time can be manipulated by the evil one to tempt God's child. Time alone don't heal the hurt. Don't give the devil too much time. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's what he means. So time alone isn't the way what scripture advocates on uh, 
dealing with anger. So what is? Let me show you what scripture wants, uh, how scripture wants us to deal with anger, and then I'll conclude. And you see the way scripture advocates in dealing with anger is this. In, verse, uh, in the same verses that we read just now, Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, it says, When you are angry, get rid of bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. We've read that part and we've understood it. But here's how. But instead, in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Here's what you need to know. Scripture allows us to be angry, but we must never forget that God commands us to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. Not because he or she, the person who offended you, deserves it, but because we receive forgiveness from God when we give forgiveness. Do you realize that? Not because he deserves it or she deserves it, but we receive forgiveness from God when we forgive others. Let me say this. We as Christians forgive not because others deserve forgiveness, I repeated it three times, but because un- we receive undeserved forgiveness from God when we forgive others. Christianity is a very communal faith, not just an individual belief. When we don't render forgiveness, it becomes resentment, hatred, and sin. I believe that Jesus knew that unforgiveness would be one of our greatest struggle, resulting from sinful anger. So one of the prayer items that he's given us as his disciples to pray daily, to pray every single time we come, is about forgiveness. And you know that about, uh, you know the Lord's Prayer. And let me just bring this up, John chapter two. Okay, this is the point about the Lord's Prayer. And you read about this, and let's read it together, and let's read this together, okay? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread as we forgive our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Most of us know this, but we don't realize that there is a verse 14 after this prayer. And this is what it says. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Angry, yet not sinning. What is it about? It is about seeking forgiveness and reconciliation. Don't give the devil too much time. So there you have it. How to be angry yet not be sinning? Watch the anger. 
Don't let the anger brew into sinful anger. Don't give the devil too much time to work. We remember that God is our righteous Father. His righteous anger will deal with injustice and wrong at the end. For us, we forgive others because that's who we are in Christ. It's our new self. We put off our old self. We forgive because we are forgiven by Christ. Let us pray. Maybe before I lead us in prayer, some of us here may want to spend some time in prayer. Some of us here, maybe you struggle with anger. Maybe you struggle not just with the, not, not with the righteous anger, but you've allowed yourself to slip into sinful anger. One of bitterness, resentment, or for some, even rage. Maybe for some, brawling and slender. Somehow this area has been a huge struggle and you have allowed the evil one to keep having a foothold in your life. Now I struggle with this too. It is hard to move towards forgiveness because it is so long and the hurt is so deep. Yet today's message is painful because you know you are grieving the Holy Spirit. If this is you, I wouldn't embarrass you. But I just want you to be honest before God. Repent. Today, come to God. Repent. Put God first. Trust God. And forgive. If you can do this, if you can do it, if you can forgive after this prayer, Go seek reconciliation because that's Christian love. But if you can't do it, maybe some of us need to speak to someone or get some help. Let me pray for all of us. Lord Jesus, we confess that so often we have allowed the deceitful ways of the world and of our former self to rule our hearts. We have failed to recognize your truth and have elevated ourselves above you. Help us in our weaknesses. As we obey your call to watch our anger, teach us to trust you and that vengeance is yours. Grant us courage to forgive anyone who has hurt us for we are forgiven through your redeeming love. Teach us the importance of putting off our old ways and to grow in our Christian conduct as we live our new life. Help us always be aware of our own conduct and to watch our anger. May your love always be first in our hearts as we become your witness to one and all in the world and serve you faithfully till you return. We pray this in the name of our Saviour, Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Watch the anger. Be angry, but not sin.